I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hi, friends. It's Vin Scully. It's time for Dr. Clapper. In sports, there's winning and losing and getting injured. That's why there's Dr. Clapper. Dr. Clapper is the former head of orthopedic surgery at Cedar sinai The Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper, presented by Cedar sinai Hey, Dr. Clapper. How are you? Saturday mornings from 7 to 9. Silence is golden when you can't think of a good answer. <laughs> yes, Doc, I love your show. Now, here he is, Dr. Robert Clapper. Good morning, Los Angeles, and welcome to another edition of the Weekend Warrior Show. I'm your host, Dr. Robert Clapper. I'm an orthopedic surgeon at Cedars Sinai for 32 years at Cedars. Dr. Clapper. It's my home. I'm so proud of my hospital. And shout out to Brian Croft. And Gordon Kolodny for making this happen. We're recognized all over the world. Patients come to me from all over the world. It's awesome. Best hospital. According to U.S. News and World Report, orthopedic program at Cedars is number three in the nation. The hell yeah. The hospital for special surgery where I trained is number one. Number two, temporarily, is the Mayo Clinic. And there we are, number three, Cedar Sinai. Do we have a show planned for you today, Steve Paulette and I? Oh my God, I'm so excited. My guest at 815, calling in from New Jersey, is an engineer, and his specialty is in sutures, which I, as a surgeon, and boy, was I busy this week. I did a shoulder replacement yesterday in a man who plans on surfing with me in Ventura one day. He will. Bone on bone. Not just his rotator cuff. More than that. I needed to resurface and replace the cartilage in his shoulder. What a joy it will be. I've surfed with many patients of mine who've gone back to surf. I've done their hip surgery. I've done their knee surgery. This will be interesting. The first time I've done many people's rotator cuff, but to actually replace their shoulder and return to serving is going to be a real joy for him and for me to meet me out there in the water one day. They're looking forward to it. It's such a fascinating joint, the shoulder. They're all fascinating to me, but they're particularly fat. you got to think three-dimensionally to be an orthopedic surgeon. You can't just look at a two-dimensional painting or a photograph or a TV screen or a computer because our body is three-dimensional. That's why you know I love sculpting so much and art. Today's show is another example of connecting the dots, which I love to do because I'm passionate about the world of surgery that I live each and every day. But I'm an artist. I'm a sculptor. I love the world of art. And I love our beloved Lakers. 
So sports, surgery, and art. That's what you're going to hear. Well, today, my guest is going to be calling in to talk about a new innovation. Talk about creativity and artistry. That's what I love is new technology. Not just hype, like a robot is better than a surgeon or a laser is going to cure all. Now, forget about all that stuff. There's a lot of marketing. You don't even know what to believe anymore. But when it's really true innovation, that's when sign me up for it. So I've been using in the operating room a new suture. What could be new about a needle and a thread? Oh, my God. When I make an incision with a scalpel through the skin, through the epidermis, the dermis, the subcutaneous fat, the fascia, into the tendons, into the muscle, into the periosteum, into the bone, now I'm in the joint, I'm in the cartilage, the labrum, the meniscus, the ligaments. I can go, it's like a seven-layer cake. Well, guess what? I'm done with the surgery. I got to put it back together again. So I got to take a needle and thread, and you go way back in history, they used cat gut, believe it or not. You got to use a needle and thread and sew it back together again. And then there's a whole world that I got to learn of how to tie a knot with one hand, with two hands. Sometimes it's so deep in the wound, I got to use instruments to tie the knot. Can't fit my fingers down there. I got to tie knots. So when I was introduced to this new suture that has a barb on it, has a hook on it, like a fish hook, I just pull on it and it locks the stitch and I don't have to tie a knot. Oh my God. So for the last few weeks, I've been using this new suture material. And at 8.15, we're going to talk to Howard Zabel from Ethicon because his expertise as an engineer is in the design of this fish hook type of suture material. So I've been thinking all week, where in the world of art, where in the world of sports, where in the world of surgery, do you see the elegance of a hook? Oh, talk about enlightenment. Who knew that you can be an athlete in the hook business? Yeah, there's a Michael Jordan in hooks in sports. You know what it is? Fishing. You need a fish hook to catch the fish. Who knew there was a guy who loved passion? You talk about, wait till you hear him talk. He is the Michael Jordan. He's the four-time world champion bass fisherman. Somehow he can get the fish to bite on his hook better than everybody else. His name is Kevin Van Dam. He's from Michigan. And he has caught more fish than anybody else because he, he's made a science out of it. He designs the hook. How long it should be, how wide it should be, how fat it should be, how the barb should be. Then he gets into the suture material, the fishing line, braided, monofilament. It's like, oh, my God. And again, it doesn't matter what he's talking about. He just loves life so much in the world that I never heard of before of the fish hook. It's fantastic. And you got to hear his voice. Listen, I'm going to give you a little soundbite. Listen to this guy talk. It's about a fish hook. Oh, my God. He's so into it. Hey, Kevin Van Dam here. Oh, yeah. And one of the things that I'm a fanatic about That's right. is hooks. And especially when you get into hard baits and treble hooks, you got to have the right hook for the right situation. You know, and over the years, I've experimented with a lot of different styles and brands and things. And I finally got with Mustad and decided that I wanted to design the perfect treble hook 
you know, for bass fishing. That's perfect. And he then mentions, and if you're fishing where there's logs and there's grass, you need this kind of hook. And if you're fishing for muskie or walleye, these redfish, these other fish, you need this kind of hook. It's, it's exactly the same. I use a different needle depending on whether I'm sewing skin, dermis, fascia, tendon. I use different kinds of hooks. I use different kinds of suture material. Yeah, there's a science because I'm a surgeon. Who knew there was a science if you're a fisherman? But there is. And that's why you can catch so many fish and nobody else can. But then, then I discovered in my thinking about this all week, because I love spending time with you, the weekend warrior, loyalist. Where in, in the art world is there a hook? Oh, God, this is awesome. I did not know about this. There was a song written in 1680. That's right. 1680, 400 years ago, 300 plus years ago, I don't want to exaggerate, by Johann Pachelbel, a German. It was called The Canon in D Major. You remember because they played it, I think the movie was Ordinary People. But he wrote this song, nobody knew about this song. In 1968, it gets rediscovered. Nobody even paid attention to it for all those years. But the reason it became such a famous song is musicians heard it. And I'm talking Bob Marley heard it. I'm talking Adam Levine from Maroon 5 heard it. Niles Rogers from Chic heard it. Paul McCartney from the Beatles heard this song from 1680 and said, there's a hook. The rhythm of this song is an earworm. It's a hook in my ear, in my brain. But the person who really discovered it, who's a friend of mine, John Popper, best harmonica player in the world, he's in a band called Blues Traveler. And John Popper writes a song actually called Hook about hooking you and uses Pachel Bell's Canon in D major as the song, listen to the story of, ah, this is the song, by the way, from Blues Traveler. It doesn't matter what I doesn't say. Matter what I say. As, long as, I sing, as long as I sing with inflection. It makes you feel like I'm, It makes you feel like I'm going to say something, but there's nothing coming from the words he's singing. As long as I sling with inflection, I've said nothing so I've far. said nothing so far. It's a whole song about nothing. But you pay attention for one reason. Because of the hook. And it don't the hook is the is this metronome that Paco Bell 300 years ago devised that keeps you. Listen to this. The hook brings you back. The hook is the song itself. Ah, listen to this story. This is Pachelbel's Canon in D. It's an extremely repetitive sequence of chords that you've definitely heard in your life. It's often played as the bride is walking down the aisle at a wedding, but it's also the basis for a bunch of super popular songs. When I find myself in times of trouble, I'm 
that you've seen are gonna fade away. I did not know this came from a song from over 300 years ago. Something about those notes played in those patterns hacks into the human brain and people can't get enough of it. But besides these instrumentals that subconsciously make their way deep into our minds, what's another thing within music that keeps people coming back to the same old songs? A good old catchy hook. Nobody did it better than John Popper. There isn't exactly one precise definition of what a hook really is, but it's basically a short, memorable, instantly familiar part of a song. It's often the chorus or part of the chorus, but it could also be an iconic riff or something too. So, what happens when you combine Pachelbel's Canon in D, a chord progression that is a certifiable way to create a hit song, and an earworm of a hook that you want to listen to over and over again, and lyrics that actually criticize both of those things. You get the song Hook by Blues Traveler. You get the song by Blues Traveler. This guy, John Popper, figured out I'm going to use the Paco Bell song, and I'm going to prove to you that I'm going to say absolutely nothing, but you're going to love it. So in 1987, he and his buddies get together and form the group. In 1995, he writes this mega hit called Hook. Blues Traveler is fittingly a blues rock band that formed in 1987. While a lot of their music is a bit niche, these guys are extremely talented and their lead singer John Popper has an incredible voice. After a few years in the business and the release of three projects, the band finally had their breakthrough with the 1994 album, Four. Yeah, took them a few years to become an overnight sensation. The song begins with these lyrics in the opening verse. It doesn't matter what I say, so long as I sing with inflection. That makes you feel I'll convey some inner truth or vast reflection. But I've said nothing so far, and I can keep it up for as long as it takes. And it don't matter who you are, if I'm doing my job, it's your resolve that breaks. I'm singing about nothing. But you're listening because of Pachelbel. You're listening because of the hook to your ear to your brain. And once we get to the hook of the song, he's singing a catchy hook where he's criticizing everyone who keeps playing the same tracks over and over again because they have a catchy hook. It's short, repetitive, and completely meaningless, but it's instantly memorable and it's the part of the song that will keep people coming back for more. Verse 2 goes like this. There is something amiss. I am being insincere. In fact, I don't mean any of this. Still, my confession draws you near. To confuse the issue, I'll refer to familiar heroes from long ago. No matter how much Peter loved her, what made the pan refuse to grow. Now, who's Peter? I thought the song had no meaning. Who's Peter in this song that he writes? Guess who it is? It's Peter Pan. Because when you remember the story of Peter Pan, who's his nemesis? Captain Hook. Oh, my God. 
it actually is saying something. John referencing Peter Pan for no reason at all is just proving his point about the true meaning of the song. He can say anything he wants to and you'll eat it up. But this is where it gets complicated. These lyrics about Peter Pan become validated in the very next line. In Peter Pan, Peter had two choices. If he actually grew up, he could be with Wendy. But if he stayed a kid forever, that meant that he could continue his age-old cat and mouse rivalry with... Captain Hook. And the hook is that he wants to reject Wendy and stay with Captain Hook. And that's what we get in the next line when we circle back to the hook of the song. John Popper singing and telling you that the hook brings you back. In real life, in music, and in this very song, the hook is what keeps people coming back for more. But also, in Peter Pan, Peter decided to stay a kid forever because Captain Hook kept him coming back for more. He stays a kid forever. John Popper wrote a genius next-level song criticizing popular music and how anybody will listen to anything if it's catchy, and to hammer his point home, he did it through a catchy song. But the bittersweet irony of all of it is that Hook proved that John was right by being a ridiculously popular radio hit on an album that sold 6 million copies. Mm. Blues Traveler would go on to experiment and shy away from radio hits like this, and they never replicated this level of success again. And once again, here it is. Fascinating subject, the hook. In surgery, I've discovered it in my sutures. In art and music, it's in John Popper's Blues Traveler's song. And in sports, it's Kevin Van Dam, the great Michael Jordan of fishing. And I'll get into how he designs a hook, but what happens when that fish hook goes into your skin and not the fish? How do you undo the hook? This is fascinating, and we're going to learn. Coming up next on the Weekend Warrior Show here on 710 ESPN. Weekend Warriors on Facebook. Holy slip disc. That's right, Robin. Hear listeners talk about their aches and pains. Holy hamstrings. Along with Doc's clapper vision. Breathe deeply. And advice to callers. On your toes, Robin. So like, follow, and enjoy. A wise decision. The Weekend Wear Facebook page. Frankly, I can think of nothing more stimulating. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify.
Hey, it's John Ireland. You know there is no better way to start your Saturday than with the man who replaced Michael Thompson's hip, Dr. Clapper and the Weekend Warrior Show, 7 to 9 a.m. Saturday mornings. What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. Hey, Robbie, do you like donuts? Start your weekend off right, listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. I love donuts. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN, 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Sixteen eighty. That's when they believe this song was written. Johann Pachelbel. The mathematics and the space between these notes and the repetition of the notes. On some levels, to my ear, it's a heartbeat. Systolic, diastolic, the pause, your heart pumping the atrium getting the blood without oxygen that's been used pumping with the right atrium into your lungs take a deep breath you're now putting oxygen into that blood now the blood goes back into the heart I should say the right ventricle pumps it into the lungs and it comes back into the heart and it's into the left atrium And then there's a valve, and that beautifully oxygenated blood now goes into your left ventricle. And that beat of your heart that pumps that blood that's oxygenated out the aortic valve into your aorta. Vincent Laportia knows a lot about this plumbing because he's a plumber. He's the best plumber, my favorite plumber. But it's plumbing. Your heart is a giant set of pumps and valves and pipes. This song is about your heart and how it works. And this man put to music the pump, the muscle, the valves. It's like a tuning fork that resonates with you when you hear it. Because your heart has to beat exactly the same way over and over again. So it becomes a hook because it resonates with who you are as a human being. And in 1968, when a French orchestra rediscovered this dead piece of music, it blew up in the ear of Paul McCartney and in the ear of Adam Levine and in the ear of John Popper. Because he used this idea to write a song. It doesn't matter what I say. As long as I sing. This is Paco Bell. I had no idea. He's not saying a damn thing in this song. And he's telling you that. I'm just singing with inflection. But I've said nothing so far. But he's saying actually everything. Because you love the music with truly all your heart. Because it's the beat of a heartbeat. That's what the hook is. If I'm doing my job. Hook brings 
And I've thought all week, okay, art, sports, surgery, hook. What about food? You know we love to talk about food. Oh, my God. What am I hooked on right now? And it looks like a hook. And you can get it at Smart and Final. Let me tell you about Smart and Final, right? You and I would say whoever came up with the name Smart and Final thought that, okay, it's smart to go shopping here, and it's final because the price is away. You can, you can come up with a famish idea in Yiddish of why it's called Smart and Final. The hell yeah. Until you actually look into why it's called Smart and Final. Believe it or not, in 1914, there was a guy named Smart, and he teamed up with a business partner. I swear to God, this is true. His name was Final. Smart and Final comes from two guys, one named Smart, the other named Final. When I learned that, I like, I felled. I, I was like, you got to be kidding me. They actually own all the stores in Portland called Cash and Carry. If I find out that there's a guy named Cash and a guy named Carry, who t- but I don't think so. I think it's just ca- pay cash and you carry the hell out of here. But Smart and Final is called Smart and Final because there's a smart and a final guy who got together in 1914. It's amazing. But I go there all the time for a bunch of reasons, food related, which we'll get into other shows. But I want to talk about the hook reason I go to Smart and Final. Because I am hooked on planters mixed nuts. Costs like $17 for this giant bin. Hazelnuts, almonds, Brazil nuts, pecans, who the hell knows? Walnuts, they're inside. But there's one nut that's inside that I'm hooked on. Because it looks like a hook and it tastes like a hook and it's delicious. It's a cashew. Now, did you know a cashew is actually not a nut? It's false advertising. A cashew is actually a seed because it's a fruit is a cashew fruit. And if it's inside a fruit, it's a seed. You can't call it a nut. A nut can only be called a nut if it's a shell. Who knew? This is like way too much information in my head. But you're going to Smart and Final, which was started by two guys named Smart and Final, and you're going to buy for $17. A box, not a box, a tin of mixed nuts. But you really, I'm really there. The almonds are great. The other nuts are great. I'm there for the cashews. And lately, I've tortured my poor wife. We have to buy sun-made raisins because I actually like to combine the raisins with the mixed nuts. But the whole time, I stick my hand into this giant tin with my fingers. What am I feeling for? feeling for a hook. I'm feeling for something that feels like a hook because that's the cashew. That's all I really care about. Why am I buying mixed nuts when I only care to eat the cashew? This I have no idea because I could probably buy a whole box of cashews and get the problem over with. But there's something about, I don't know, you're sticking your fingers in and you're feeling for the hook. It's a cashew. And then to have it with a raisin. Oh, this is unbelievable. You might as well have a cup of coffee and a cigarette because it's orgasmic to have a cashew with a raisin from a planter's mixed nut tin from Smart and Final. And that's the food item for today. I should have teased it that you had to listen to the whole show to figure out what the hook food item is. There it is. I gave it to you. Arrest me. (laughs) Uh, It's so fascinating to talk about 
hooks. Listen to this Kevin Van Dam. The day he's being filmed on his boat catching fish when guess what happens? Because he's so good at designing hooks, he catches an eight-pound bass. You're going to hear that. And then he realizes, oh, my God. Now that I picked up the fish, guess what's in my finger, in my thumb, in my thenar eminence of my hand, the palm of my hand? One of these beautiful hooks I designed. And he has a trick of how to get the hook out of his hand. Boom! (laughs) There's an eight-pounder right there. Dude, and I just got a hook in my hand. This is not what you want right here. That's bad. And you just catch an eight-pounder, you want to get back in there. But I've got to get that out, and the only way to do it is with braided lines. So I'm going to have to... uh... Hey, uh, I need... I got a hook in my hand, and it's a big hook, so uh, you need to jerk it out, but I'll show you how to do it. You can tell Kevin Van Dam is not Jewish, by the way. Not, I mean, the first clue is his name is Kevin Van Dam. That's not a Jewish name. But the second reason you know he's not Jewish is if I got a hook in my hand, you would hear somewhere me saying, oy vey, I got a hook in my hand. But you don't hear that. How do you, how do you have a hook in your hand and not say, oy vey? I'm like, I'm admiring Kevin Van Dam struggling with a hook in his hand and not saying a single Yiddish expression. So the first thing you want to do is I got to get this sucker off here. It's going to hurt, but... Oh, God. Okay. That part's easy. Okay. So what? let me explain what he just did. Me, the giant fisherman, which, by the way, I have caught a marlin. I went to Cabo and caught a marlin. That was a bucket list. I've caught many mahi-mahi dorado. I've caught yellowfin tuna. And I've caught bass on lakes. So I actually am a fisherman. So it all started by reading Tom Sawyer, but that's a whole nother story. Actually, I should tell you that story now. My mother was devastated because she had like a parent-teacher meeting. She said, the teacher said to my mom, Mrs. Clapper, my mother, as you know, her name was Lillian. She said, yes, uh, we think we may have to hold your son back. Um, he's, uh, you know, he's behind. Uh, he's, you know, I was at yeshiva, so I couldn't understand the damn word they were saying. So I was mentally, you know, incapacitated because I couldn't understand the language. And they said, you know, you need to do something about it. So she came home and she said, OK, you need to learn how to read. You know, you need to read more. I'm going to read you a book. You'll be so inspired. And that will make you a reader. So I'll never forget this. She came home. She goes, we're going to read tonight. What are we going to read? Tom Sawyer. So she starts reading me, Tom Sawyer and Huck Finn, and their trip down the Mississippi River and all the adventures. This is the first night. My eyes must have been as big as walnuts listening to the story of these two boys going down the Mississippi River. The next morning I wake up. I go across the street to my friend, Bruce Gannon. Bruce, you're not going to believe the story I heard last night. What is it? And I live across the street from Jamaica Bay. This is in the middle of wintertime, by the way. It's, they got a raft. They went down the Mississippi River, all the adventures. We got to get a raft. We got to go into Jamaica Bay. and We can have the same adventures as Tom Sawyer and Huck Fit. He looks at me and goes, Robbie, it's 20 below zero. We're in Jamaica Bay in New York. We're not in the Mississippi River. I'm not Tom Sawyer and you're not Huck Finn. What are you talking about? I said, come on. With our winter jackets on, I got a raft. We went out. 
not we. We get to the shoreline. I find some wood. I go, this will be a great raft, Bruce. He looks at me like I'm crazy. He, and he always did this. He said, you go first. <laughs> clap. So I get on this. this <laughs> I hack the wood together. I take a stick. I push myself out. I'm going to be like Tom Sawyer because of the story my mother read to me the night before. And I go out into Jamaica Bay. Here's the problem. I'm halfway into the middle of Jamaica Bay. It starts to sink. And I got a winter jacket on. I nearly died. This is the, this, in summary, Bruce Gannon's on the shoreline. I think he ran home altogether. My mother couldn't find me. I was soaking wet. I nearly drowned a whole bit. Needless to say, that was the end of reading me books at night to inspire me to start reading. I didn't start reading. I started doing everything I heard in the book. And thus was born The Adventures. Of Robbie Clapper. That's fantastic. Forget about Tom Sawyer and Huck Finn. These are the adventures of Robbie Clapper. How did how did this happen for me talking about a hook? I have no idea. Oh, fishing, of course. That's right. Being in the water. So, Kevin, what Kevin Van Dam is doing, which you can't see, but I can tell you, is, is he's disconnecting the lure from the hook itself. So now the hook and the barb, which is what I want to talk about today for two hours, is stuck in his hand. So he's figured out a technique of how to get the hook out of your hand. What we gotta do now is tie it in this part right there. Just tie it like three or four. Do one more, because it's a two-aught. <laughs> okay, and then what I gotta do here, yeah, you got it, that's good. Okay, so you, then you're gonna, you're gonna wrap your arm around right here and get just about that much and you're gonna get a slack and you're gonna freaking jack it. Don't tell me, just do it. Slick as a whistle. Slick as a whistle. Oh, put that hook back on there. This is the new bleeding, sexy blueback herring color. Complete with KVD meat. KVD meat, because he rips out some of his own body parts onto this hook, but he's gonna use it. What he basically does is, He's got to use braided line, not monofilament, because it can't give it all. So he's using braid, and he ties the the suture material, the fishing line, so that it's parallel to the hook and the barb, and you actually jerk it viciously, and it pulls parallel to the barb, and it comes out. It takes a little bit of your skin with you, but that's really the best way to get these fancy-schmancy hooks that he's designed out. We're going to learn more about fish hooks I got so many great sound bites. And the clinic will be open. The number is 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. And Clapper Vision, I want to talk about what the ramp-up is for Anthony Davis, who's cleared to come back and play. What does ramp-up mean? Why are we doing that? You need a Clapper Vision to understand. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warriors show here on 710 ESPN. Weekend Warriors on Facebook. Didn't you get the memo? Quickly hear Clapper's crazy kitchen stories. Easily find different callers' aches and pain issues. Right, I get it. Search Weekend Warrior in the search bar and click on Doc's picture. Who are you again? Voila! Like, follow, and enjoy the Weekend Warrior Facebook page. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. 
No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, it's Sedano. You know there's no better way to start your Saturday than when my guy, Dr. Clapper, and the Weekend Warrior Show, 7 to 9 a.m. Saturday mornings. What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. From now on, I am not Robert Clapper. I want you to call me Smokey. Start your weekend off right, listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. Dr. Smokey Clapper. That's the greatest. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN, 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Cheers to the ones that we got. Cheers to the wish you were here, but you're not. Because the drinks bring back all the memories of everything we've been through. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. That's the great Adam Levine. When I operate, particularly difficult cases, like I did yesterday, like I do every day. First patient, six feet tall, weighed over 300 pounds, did his hip replacement. That's a hard case. There's moments in that surgery where I have to hold his leg with one hand, using tools with the other hand. It's physical. It's a wrestling match. And you better know your anatomy. So I listen to Eric Clapton. But when the case is over and I'm doing the paperwork before I start the next case, my physician assistant loves Adam Levine. So I change the music and I play Maroon 5 for her while I'm doing the orders. I bring music into the operating room. I bring music into this show. It's important. Music music is life. Because it sounds like your heartbeat. But that's Adam Levine's song, Memories. Why is Steve Paulette playing that? Because that's Pachelbel, the canon in D major from 1680. He's copying the metronome that this man came up with over 300 years ago. That song is a hook in your ear because of Paco Bell. It's awesome to learn about this and to learn about it together. I would not have known about this if I didn't have a Weekend Warriors show to put together. So thank you for letting me feel smarter because of that information. The clinic's open. The number's 877-710-ESPN. Let's go to Mark. You're on with Dr. Clapper. How can I help? Hey, doctor. How are you? Very good. How are you doing? How old are you? What do you do for a living? Well, I'm 70 years old, and I'm the uh, an auction director for an automotive company. Wow. I have a 1963 Corvette Stingray convertible. How much is that worth? Well, I would... <laughs> That's a good question. Uh, we we don't deal in classic cars like that. It's uh, pretty much um, just uh, Hondas, Toyotas, Nissans. Uh, definitely no '63 Corvette convertibles. Was your favorite movie The French Connection? When you saw that they that Gene Hackman weighed the car and it didn't make sense how much it weighed, and then they realized the heroin was inside the doors of the car. Was that your favorite movie? Uh, well, that <laughs> that was one of them for sure. Yeah. What were your top five movies of all time? This is how you, this is how, if you meet a total stranger, Mark, 
and you want to know how to get right to the chase. You ask that by the third movie, you know everything about that person. So go ahead. What's your top five movies of all time? Oh my God, I am so nervous. I can't even think straight. You're ner- uh, <laughs> Are you nervous to talk to me? Why would you be nervous? I'm not going to hurt you. I don't know. I know. I've listened to you for a long time, and it's like you're a celebrity, and I just get nervous around celebrities. Yeah, I'm a celebrity. Are you kidding me? Like the garbage man that picks up the garbage at your house is a celebrity. If that's the case, I'm a celebrity. God bless you for calling me a celebrity. It's a pleasure to talk to you. Tell me how I can help. What's the matter? Well, it's actually my my stepson um, Mm -hmm. is 29 years old. Okay. Had his ACL replaced two years ago. Did they use a cadaver or did they use his own body part? He, he a cadaver. There you go. So that already, to me, and again, this is just my opinion. I'm not throwing other people under the bus who use a cadaver. And, and I have many times had to use a cadaver because I had no choice. But if I have a choice, I love using your own patella tendon. So you and I can cut right to the chase. If he's having problems and it needs to be redone, which I do a lot of, the key is now you get to redo it properly, in my opinion, by using his own patella tendon. You do need to analyze, and even an x-ray can tell me as much as a new MRI will be needed, to see where the tunnels were drilled. Because oftentimes when I see people in my office where they've had an ACL and it's failed, I look carefully to see, remember my dad was a carpenter, measure twice, cut once. I look to see if the tunnels that they drilled are in the right place. And on the lateral x-ray, I look to see, because you can see on the x-ray, the tunnel. And if the tibia is a football field, here's a clapper vision, you want the tunnel for the tibial tunnel to be at the 50-yard line. And if I look at and see on the lateral x-ray that the tunnel is at the 20-yard line, then that puts undue stress on the location of the ligament. But it will fail because it's a cadaver. It's someone else's body parts. This is why I love, in essence, rearranging the furniture by using your own body parts. You're not going to reject it. There's no issues. And to, to me, Carson Palmer, God bless him, had his ACL done seven years after the ACL was done. No one tackled him. No one touched him. It tore. Why? They, they revised it from being a cadaveric Achilles tendon graft to using his own patella tendon. So to cut to the chase, that's what I want you to do with your son. He gets to have a second Doctor, chance at fixing it. Doctor, uh, we... The ACL, we, 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 the ACL hasn't actually failed. He's now torn his meniscus. The meniscus the, flipped in twice. Okay. Um, and what, what's happened is the... the Can first, I just tell you something? How do I have a clapper vision for an auction? I'm trying to think quick. You talk about uh, thinking quickly here. I'm trying to think quickly to make it make sense to you. But I... You know, there's a great expression. When you hear hoofbeats... Don't think that these zebras in your backyard, they're probably horses. Capiche? You know, don't right away yeah. go to an exotic animal making the hoofbeat sound. It's probably a more typical animal, which is a horse. It's not a zebra. It's the same kind of thing here. You, are you not going to invoke that maybe there's a dysfunction with the alignment of the ligament that li- out of the blue, he's going to tear his meniscus in a knee that had a cadaveric ACL reconstruction? To me, you have to think about that. You, you know, I'm not saying it's completely torn, 
but there's a there's things that are dysfunctional are as if they are torn. And to some extent, you do have to not ignore his previous ACL reconstruction. And I'm, and I'm not advocating you have to redo his ACL. But yesterday, uh, one of the cases that I did actually was a person who had many years ago an ACL done and it was stretched. You look at the MRI, it shows the fibers are still there. When I went inside his knee, you can see how stretched out his ACL was. And it's interesting. I actually did not rebuild his ACL. You know what I did? I used a, a laser, a radio frequency tool, a heating element, and I shrank the stretched out ACL while I was in his knee rather than doing a major reconstruction. So there's lots of things you can do. But remember, the eyes don't see what the mind doesn't know. If someone's telling you, no, his ACL is fine, and yet now, he now has a meniscus tear, you really better reevaluate his entire knee at the time. That's all my advice is. Don't let him shoot him with cortisone, stem cells, or cockamamie needles of any kind. No needles into his knee. He should have another opinion. I'm more than happy to help. If you live far away, you'll go to someone good in your neighborhood. But that's, that's my advice to you. Is it is re- it's got to be related to his old ACL surgery. We, we have gotten a second opinion, and that particular doctor thinks that the graft was put in too vertically. There you go. Well, there you go. I'm telling you. It pro- and what does that mean, too vertically? How do you get vertical versus horizontal in terms of the alignment? The tunnels. So th- that's an interesting one. I'd have to examine his knee and look at the studies. As much as I love giving you advice over the radio— this is one that, if for me to actually tell you what your next chess move should be, that would be tough because this is where the feel. This is where I hate robots. You know, everybody got a robot to do knee surgery. No, you actually Michelangelo didn't need a robot to do the David. You need to feel it. You need to feel the subtleness of where is it loose? What angle is the knee being held in, and it's loose? These things make a difference. In addition to looking at the MRI itself and appreciating the, the waviness, the tautness. Is it like a guitar string? There's a thing, there are things that you need to look for when you look at the MRI of a case like this. As they say in French, muy complicado. This is a little bit different. And um, for that one, I would hedge. Getting another opinion is fine. Um, but I would absolutely think about your ACL when now all of a sudden you have a torn meniscus at the same time. Because it would be crazy to yeah, just do yeah. something to the meniscus and ignore the ACL. Do you have a referral in San Diego? <sighs> yeah, I know people down there, but I'm not giving you anybody's name, to be honest with you. You know what? Get in the car. You'll drive. How far is it? You know, and, I, and it's not like I'm not busy, but before this poor son of yours has, a, has another misadventure, you better put the time in. And you know what? He needs to call. Why has he got such nice parents calling? He's 29. He's an adult. Let him get involved. Okay. Well, he is. He, just, he doesn't know we're calling. Okay. You tell him. You let him be a, as Kobe said to Pau Gasol, let him put his big boy pants on and let him come and see me. Okay, doctor. All right? Thank you. And I'm not here to solicit patients, but I don't want him to, he's been through enough already. He needs to at least know the right direction. And he can even have the surgery in San Diego. If he wants me to tell him what to do, I got to feel his knee and see his MRI with my own eyes. Okay. You All right. call your office? Yep. And do me a favor. You're a total stranger. I never met you. And look what I'm doing for you. Today, to thank me, I need you to find a total stranger. Do something nice for them. That's how you'll be thanking me. Absolutely. All right. God bless you, both God. of you. And I look forward to meeting him. 
Thanks so much for calling. Okay, Warriors, we'll take a break. We'll pay some bills. The lines are all lit up. The number's 877-710-ESPN. What fun I am having today. Talking about Tom Sawyer, Cashews, John Popper, and Kevin Van Dam. Dr. Clap. Because it's all about hooks. And at 8.15, my guest calling in from New Jersey is in the medical business. He's an engineer who designs hooks and sutures. Can't wait to talk to him. Howard, can't wait to talk to you from Ethicon. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warriors show here on 710 ESPN. When I believed in forever and everything would stay the same Now my heart feel like December when somebody say your name Cause I can't reach out to call you but I know I will one day Get smart. Just what are you getting at? Check out the Weekend Warrior Facebook page. Like this. Medical advice from Cedar sinai head of orthopedic surgery. Are you kidding? With a far rockaway attitude and a little drizzle of mozzarella. Well, it's important to me. Search Weekend Warrior in the space bar. Like this. And click on Doc's picture. I see. Like, follow, and enjoy the Weekend Warrior Facebook page. Hi, it's Greeny. There's no better way to start your Saturday morning than with Dr. Clapper and the Weekend Warrior Show right here on 710. What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. I got two words for you. Forget about it. Start your weekend off right. Listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. You got the little buzzer, the red light, green light buzz. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN. 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. When I find myself in times of trouble, Mother Mary comes to me, speaking words of wisdom, let it be. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. Speaking about words of wisdom, Maxwell Smart, get smart. This is Pachelbel, canon in D major. Paul McCartney, here's a song from the 1680s. And realizes... I'm going to write a song that borrows that idea of pulsating and repeating the notes and writes this song. Mm. It's awesome. All right, the clinic's open. I don't have a lot of time. I enjoy that all the lines are always lit up. Thanks for being such loyal fans and telling your friends. I do appreciate it. But in the end, it's just me and you and the radio. I'm inside. If you're driving, yeah. If you take the front off that dashboard, there I am. It's a little clapper right there with a white coat on. About two inches tall. Yelling at you. All the way from Far Rockaway. Let's take a call. Shane in Ontario. You're on with Dr. Clapper. How can I help? Hey, Doc. How you doing? Very good. What's your favorite story? Favorite story? Ooh. That I've told. The what? That I've told. Oh, man. I would say many of your surfing stories. I wouldn't be able to pinpoint one of those. <laughs> oh, man, do I love to surf. It's my religion. I may be Jewish, but I'm really a surfer. I don't know how you combine the word Jewish and surfer together, but that's what I am. I go to the Church of the Surf every Sunday and ride the wild surfing waves in Ventura. I just love it. What do you do for a living? I'm a veterinary technician. Wow. You have the dream job. You get to work with animals. God, is that fantastic. Yep. Ah, uh, the hell with people. I should have been a veterinarian, Shane. I should have been there right with you. Hey, yeah, they're more fun to be around, that's for sure. It sure is. Wow. And where did you grow up? Uh, Temple City. Oh, wow. 
And what did your dad do for a living? Uh, he's a CPA, CFO type of guy. You didn't want to do that. You wanted to be with animals. Good for you. You know, I love I love numbers, but definitely didn't want to do that. Good for you. I love it. And how young are you? I'm 34. All right. How can I help you? What you do to yourself? So I don't know if there's an actual like specific injury to this, but over the last year and a half or so, maybe two years, my tailbone off and on is like it gets really super painful depending how I sit, if I sit too long, if I go running, as soon as I'm done running within an hour or so, it's like really difficult for me to even get up off the couch, off of the chair I'm sitting in. So there's two Uh, things about your story already that are intriguing to me. Number one, your age. You're too young to develop altacocoritis, which is a Yiddish term for everything hurts because I'm old. You're young. You should have no pain. You should have no reason for any kind of pain. And sitting, yeah, we all sit a lot, but we all all don't get it bad enough for you to feel that you can call someone like me because it's painful. So your age, your youngness is important to me. And here's the other thing that's important to me, the longevity of the complaint. Two years. You're also not telling me there's any real specific trauma, maybe continuous trauma from running when you feel it, but people don't get this from running. So here's what I'm going to tell you as I use clapper vision to look through the radio waves. You got to do me a favor, Shane, for yourself. Mm-hmm. You need to take this seriously. And I'm not here to scare you, you got cancer or anything ominous like that. But there's something to matter. For a big, strong, tough guy like you to to be in enough pain for this long with no real significant trauma, it should be investigated. Because whether it's the sacrum, the ischial tuberosity, these are the main prominent bones that we sit on that have major pelvic floor ligaments that attach to it, like the foundation of the house. And if the structural beams have any kind of rust or damage and fail... The whole house is sitting on them. So examining you is one thing, but you're really not going to see as much. A plain x-ray, sure, that's helpful. But you should have an MRI. You really should. You spend enough money every month for the Russian mafia. I shouldn't say Russian, but the mafia insurance company. You should spend the money on getting a test, and someone should pay attention to you. And I can promise you, you'll go and they'll say, what are you talking about? You'll say, listen, I got a second opinion from Dr. Clapper because they're going to fight with you to get an MRI. You should get one just to make sure you don't have a cordoma or something strange going on. I see it a couple of times a year. All these folks come to me. They think they have tendonitis and something sports injury or whatever it is. And I got to tell them, nope, you have this X, Y, and Z. I have made many unusual diagnoses over 32 years. And I'm telling you, because of your youngness, because of the longevity of the complaint and the lack of a significant trauma, you should take it seriously. And I'm not okay. saying it to scare you. Please get an MRI. Okay. Know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm yeah, not interested. Yeah. Right away, they're going to send you to therapy. They're going to give you a shot. They'll send you to pain management. Someone will give you a pill. No, I'm not interested in treating your symptoms right now. I wrote a book with Lindy Yui called Heal Your Hips, The Virtues of Being in the Pool. I don't even want to talk to you about that. You need a diagnosis. And more importantly, you need to be told it's nothing. 
You know what I mean? And then you yeah. know, sit on a donut and all the rest of it. Everybody can then weigh in on what their favorite thing to tell you to do is treatment. Gig isn't a hey, good. Uh, that, you'll get all kinds of opinions. But you and I, you and I need a diagnosis. That's really where it starts. And I'm not going to be happy just with an x-ray. You need an MRI of this area of the pelvic floor that's bothering you. An MRI of your pelvis. Then you'll say negative. Good. Then I'll be happy. All right? Okay. And thank you for calling. And uh, you're a total stranger. Look what I did for you. I want you to find a total stranger today. Do something nice for them. That's how you'll be thanking me. You got it, Doc. I love your show. Listen to you every Saturday. Okay. I appreciate it, Shane. From the heart. God bless you. All right, Warriors. We'll take a break. We'll pay some bills. Coming up next, oh, I'm going to tell some stories about hooks. Hooks in sports, in surgery, and in the beloved world of art and music. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warriors show here on 710 ESPN. Speaking words of wisdom, let it be. It's good to be king, right, King James? Absolutely. And good to be courtly friends on the Weekend Warrior Facebook page. I love it. Be treated like medical royalty with Clappervision. Feast like a monarch on Doc's delectable finds. There we go. And that far rockaway jester humor. <laughs> Search Weekend Warrior and click on Doc's regal picture. Cool. <laughs> Sound the trumpets. No cortisone, alchemy, or leeches here. Everything's good. Bow, curtsy, like, or follow the Weekend Warrior Facebook page. That makes me happy. Cheers.